self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i did not know that he had hit the record button also noticed <laughs> well i did i wasn't prepared well you got ready quick here we are yep so we are Conversation Con Artists back for another fantastic, wonderful episode. We That's are. subjective. <laughs> I'm biased. I'm a part of the situation. <laughs> so I like it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M I S T E R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. I saw. Also, we are still doing a list of the letter portion of the show. So, if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, we you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us um, that way. So, I have a scenario, <laughs> and let me just read it first. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's my situation. I love her. I promise I do. But she's testing that love. We've been married for five years. When we first got married, she weighed about 135 pounds and was gorgeous. Since we got married, she's taken on this whole extra personality. She gained more than 60 pounds. This extra weight is not attractive to me at all. We are both high school teachers slash administrators, so we get home about five in the afternoon. I've expressed to her my concerns about the weight gain, uh, suggested medical attention to see if there's a condition or something, purchased a gym membership, started buying the groceries for the house and even cooking. Nothing has worked. Now she's complaining that I'm withholding sex, but that's not the case. I just don't like what I see and it does not stimulate me. I can't get aroused by a woman that complains and makes excuses all day. I don't like the sight of those rolls and extra meat. I love my wife, but I'm not in love with what she has become. I don't like what I see. I don't like what she's become, and I don't know what to do. Communication is not working, and I just can't make myself be attracted to something that's not pleasing to me. What do I do? I want to help her, but I don't know how. First of all, (laughs) this resounded with me, and let me tell you why. (laughs) Okay, So y'all don't see me, uh, listeners, but... I weighed about 135, 145 pounds for the longest time. And I'm 5'8". And so what that looked like was really, really skinny to the point where people, I had like a flat stomach where you could see my abs. I was doing no exercise, okay? This was just how genetics set my shit up, okay? Um, And I had been that small like my whole life. I mean, and I gained about 60 pounds because it, Currently, I went from about 135 to like 195 is where I'm at now. <coughs> but the 60 pounds that I gained, I feel like distributed it pretty nicely. I'm okay with it. I went up like two pant sizes because most of it went to my ass and hips. I do have some <clears throat> extra weight. Like, I don't have, like, I'm sitting up now, I don't have rolls, but if I'm like standing, and I wear something really tight. I have like little baby rolls in my back. But I'm cool with that shit. I'm fine with that shit. So I can't imagine if I had been married at 135 at the weight that I was at. And was the weight I am today. And had my husband 
saying a bunch of bullshit. Now, he doesn't say how old they are. He doesn't say how tall she is. Because 135 going to look different. Or and plus 60 would be like 190. 195 going to look different on different heights. Okay? Like I said, I'm 5'8". <clears throat> so, for me, 195 pounds, I just look, you know, thick, slim thick. I don't know what you would. I don't know. But it's not like obese even though i gained 60 pounds i had a lot of room for the 60 pounds to like put itself on because i was so thin before so i (laughs) i can't imagine being married and then gaining the weight and then having somebody constantly telling you because he didn't say that she was bothered by it he said he's bothered by what would you do if you married a man and he was relatively fit, maybe not all the way, but you know, you accepted that and he just like blew up. I mean, at the point that I've married you, I feel like I'm already accepting that you ain't gonna look like that you did the day we made. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the longer you stay this is what and I had this conversation with some of my clients this week actually. Marrying people for how they look is stupid because they not gonna always look like that. Even if they stay in the gym and eat right and exit and all of that shit they gonna get wrinkled like you gonna check your hair gonna start turning they're not gonna look like they did the day you met them period so they i just, might look better in some instances they could i mean so what if you marry a man and he go from you know regular attractive to like super stud long as he ain't out here fucking around i'm be happy <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel if like women start swooning over him in Walmart and like trying to touch his muscles and stuff? Like, what is he doing? Like, I I'm gonna be more concerned with his response to that than I am. What should bitches. his response be? His response need to be um, <laughs> politely getting them bitches away from him before I come over and impolitely get them away. So what if it ain't like they just on him? Is like really him existing? They just like looking at him and just think, I mean, like would you have a problem? With, but would you have a problem with that? No. Can't do nothing about this shit. Long as you don't come over here and touch what's mine, I don't give a fuck about you looking. Look, look, please. He fine, ain't he? You think you're gonna try to monitor what he wearing? Listen, that them sleeves is too short. <laughs> I don't need your muscle showing because these bitches out here, this is what you would say. <laughs> yes, be looking at you and I don't like it. That is what I would say. Oh um, no. Look, so this is so funny. So the only thing that I feel like women have an issue with men wearing are gray sweatpants. And I don't know if men know this. I don't know Absolutely if this is like, men do know it. y'all know. Okay. So all the thing that I would be like is, where you going with them sweatpants on? Nope. <laughs> I'm put some jeans on my nigga. Uh- <laughs> How does that not apply to everything else? What do you mean? The sweatpants? I don't know what it is. And I'm a woman, and I still can't tell you why it's so attractive to see a man in gray sweatpants. I don't know what it is. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's no logical sense to it. There's something about gray sweatpants. There's something about gray sweatpants, and there's something about a well-fitted suit. I love to see a black man in a tailored suit that, that fits him, that was tailored to fit him. Looks fucking amazing. And I don't even care what size you are. Any man who can get a suit that is tailored to his body type looks phenomenal. They just do. I just love a well-dressed man or a man in sweatpants, whichever, either or. But I don't know why what it is about sweatpants. I wish I could explain it to you, but I can't. I don't know. 
it didn't make sense, but it is what it is. So, I the sweatpants would be the only thing that I'd be like, fuck no. Go put some jeans on, man. Some some nice khakis, but the sweatpants are a no. <laughs> Listen, I just that so. But again, if I marry somebody and he ended with this example, gain weight. If he okay with the weight and his health isn't being impacted by it, because I'm going to change. Look, again, I was not expecting to gain 60 pounds. I don't even know what the fuck happened because I gained the 60 pounds and now I'm stagnant again. I haven't gained any. I'm still eating the same way. I was exercising. I stopped. That's let me, This is very good. So eyebrows or gray sweatshirt, whatever. I mean sweatshirt. Gray shirt. The, the guy that I've talked about on here before that I dated. He was a super huge workout person. Like, this nigga would call me while he was in the gym working out, huffing and puffing on the fucking phone like I want to hit it. But, so, he slowly um, started talking about things that I could do to tone up. And, you know, I was like, well, if he is, is, because he goes to the gym all the goddamn time. I was like, well... You know, I obviously ain't finna do what he doing and do all of this, but one, I would like to tone up because, again, the only issue I had with the weight I gained was these little baby rolls because they're just annoying when I wear something fitted. I just don't like how it looks. So I was like, okay, I'll do a little something. I ain't gonna do what the fuck he do, but <laughs> but even even the little something, because it didn't come from me, because it wasn't something that I truly wanted to do, I ain't been to the gym and I don't even know how the fuck long because it wasn't tied to something that I wanted to do you know so I just I can't imagine after I gained that weight being with somebody that would have made me feel bad about it when I, I shit I was happy as hell about that weight the 60 pounds that I gained I was like I got ass now I got a, a, a semi hourglass figure now and shit I'm good to go I was happy because that's what I always wanted I could not gain weight like it was i was trying to gain weight for years and couldn't just my metabolism um was on crack and it wouldn't allow me to put any pounds on i could eat whatever i was eating like meals before going to bed laying down on that shit and still couldn't gain no weight and then one day i don't know what the fuck happened but my metabolism was like peace out or not peace out because obviously I, I stopped gaining weight but it was like bitch i'm on vacation <laughs> it, it took a it took some time off uh and i was able to gain the weight but i can't imagine somebody like pressing me about it to the point where you're buying groceries in the house and you doing the cooking in the house and like because then nowhere in there did he say she had a problem with her weight gain. It was all about how he don't find her attractive no more because she gained the weight. And like I said, depending on her height, 60 pounds sound like a lot. But anybody who saw me before and sees me now, it's not a huge difference. Like, especially if you um, see me on a regular basis. Like people who, you know, see Until me regularly. Until grandma see you. Oh yeah, grandma or auntie see you. It's just shit's different. Listen, my mom's my grandmother's sister, which is my great aunt. Every time I see her, she tells me about how big my ass has gotten, and not in a flatter like, "Girl, you got curves." No, like your ass, (laughs) you then got so big. (laughs) Like, ain't Ruth really? Every time you see me, like, I, we had this conversation every time I see you. Do we have to do this every time? I, I haven't gained weight. I'm the same size I was. You don't have to comment on it every time. 
Old people don't give a fuck. They get a pass though. That's just old people. Oh, but the nigga I'm with, no, no pass, no pass. So how do you feel? Would you, if you was with somebody that went from one thirty five to one ninety five, would you be all like, you need to get in the gym? And nah, eat better. I mean, I'm more like you. I try to figure out what uh, what what they okay with, and I don't. It's not many women. I mean, just because of how our society is made up, anyway. Where the expectation for women to focus on their appearance mm-hmm. is so apparent. Like, it's, I'm not going to meet that many women who would be happy with gaining that much weight. And she might not be happy with gaining that much weight. Um, but at the end like of the me, day, I if, was it's, if it's, uh, I would just see what she want to do. You know, I would see what health implications it have. I will see what physical differences made for her. You I mean, know? I will see what is the reason that she gained that much weight. I mean, like I said, if she gained that much weight in a short period of time, there may be some health issues going on. But he said when they, he don't say how long, but he said when they got married five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. Well, you know, see, this is, this is my, and, and not only that, but a bulk of what I would be marrying a woman for would be for the internal qualities that she possesses and how she complements my life i would not marry somebody unless i have that bit filled for myself so at the point that aesthetically things start changing and shifting up then you know it don't make that big of a difference because what if she's in a fire you know yeah what if she what if it's a grease fire or something in the kitchen and it burn her face you know what if what if some scarring like it's so many things in life that can happen that changes the aesthetic nature mm-hmm. of a person's existence that if you're that superficial then you don't even deserve that person to me i don't think like for me if if you're sitting here weighing out your wife's weight versus everything else that she's offered you that benefits you then you one you're too superficial to have that woman and you don't deserve an opportunity for her to become better for you because if her staying that way is contingent on you feeling positive about her, then that's a problem. If you withholding sex, yep. you know, like that, that's a problem to me. You know, I'm not saying don't be So at the end of the day, sir, if her weight don't change for the next five or 10 years, what are you going to do? Are you going to be, it seems like you about to leave her. Ass, are you going to be unhappy in your marriage? To be with her, or you gonna leave her? If you would leave her, to me, you ain't deserve her to begin with. I don't even know what else she offer, but to me, just the fact that that's his so, only complaint. His yeah. only complaint in that whole thing was just that she didn't gain his weight. He don't find it attractive, and I guess I'm so annoyed because, like I said, sixty pounds when you say it sounds like a lot, but again, I literally gained right around sixty pounds. Well, like I said, men just have a strong history with dictating how women exist. And because men in relationships choose women for the sake of the aesthetic value mm-hmm. and women choose men for the sake of security, I just really don't expect that much out of men. But men got to realize that women are independent enough not to need your ass she's an administrator too yep she don't need you 
And she'll find somebody who like the thicky, thicky, thick girls. <laughs> you know? And you're going to be sitting over there on the sideline while she done Jill Scotted your ass. Out here looking for somebody else that's 135 from, pounds. Uh, why did I get married? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't went and found her a super boo <laughs> after she busted you in the head with a bottle last holiday. <laughs> and that's how you going to be looking. Look, listen, people. Y'all need to find y'all need to find as many of the internal qualities that you can find in a person that you value, yeah. that complements your existence, your life, your mind, what you want. That outside shit gonna go away again. You can, and I've seen some older people that look really good for their age, but they you gonna get wrinkles. You gonna look. You see. <laughs> Like the old neck, like they take care of everything, but it's like your neck you can't really <laughs> control. Well, <a> turtleneck. <laughs> like your body's gonna go through changes, and so putting how much you love somebody based on what they look like is fucked up because that shit gonna change, and I shouldn't have to be keeping up. Now, again, if this was a health concern, if she was had, you know, her blood pressure was high, cholesterol was high because of this weight, okay. But from what he said, all I heard was she didn't got fat and I don't like it. <laughs> like, that's really what it seems like. She just gave way that he ain't with it. I feel like, I really, really feel like the dude that's making these complaints is out here shaped like Grimace. <laughs> I really do. I he feel like, shaped like Grimace. I feel like he got little bitty legs, a big ass <laughs> stomach. And a head with no neck, and he out here got the audacity to talk about his woman gaining weight. <laughs> I, I believe that's. I just really feel like that's the case. This ain't no Idris Idris Elba. <laughs> Probably not, cause like he said, he started buying groceries. So both of them weren't eating good or eating healthy not good they were they were eating good but but not healthy because he started making changes in the food which means that he wasn't already on this lifestyle path he changed it when she gained weight so yeah he probably ain't got you know no chisel body himself Man, she, it shit. don't she don't have that natural disposition to to work out and stuff and, and you have to have that like yeah. i i just didn't decide i didn't i'm or, not that person and, and i also <laughs> bet that he is not willing to do the work with her mm -hmm. i bet he's trying to get her in the gym and he's not willing to do anything for himself like let me tell you what i ain't finna put up with or what i don't expect to put up with in a, in a marriage i don't you supposed to be the person my who champions for me who who lifts me up i don't want to hear you telling me how i'm fat all the goddamn time how do you think that that makes me feel and the, the impact that that's gonna have on our relationship when all of our conversations is about how much i fucking weigh but the that's fuck the problem here? he used to be able to lift you up <laughs> <laughs> and now still, he can't those well, days are going away well he needs to get in the gym and then bench some old motherfucker so you can re bench um reach lift me up again the fuck that's ridiculous that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I that definitely I ain't finna. I can't be with nobody that's gonna be criticizing my shit all the time, especially when I'm okay with. It. Like I said, this weight that I gain, I'm fine with it. I am completely happy. I have hips, never had hips before. I have an ass that I didn't have before. I can wear form-fitting stuff and actually have a nice silhouette now. I'm cool with it. And it only took me 33 years to get here. <laughs>
<laughs> this is the advice I'm gonna give this gentleman. Um, first rocks. off, you shape like grimace. Okay, <laughs> you need to work on yourself. And maybe you're not shaped like grimace, but evidence shows that you ain't where you should be. So get your ass in the gym. Okay, get you a regimen. Get work yourself out. Okay, because worst case scenario, if you are shallow enough to leave her, then you ain't gonna get no women shaped like no damn grimace. So get your start getting your shit together. But the reality is, if you start getting your shit together and encourage her to come with you, because what I believe is that you're probably trying to press her to do the shit you think she need to do without feeling like you need to do no work. Mm -hmm. And the reality is you may not need to do no work or she may accept you for who you are. But if you want her to have the motivation to get in there, it's best if you do it with her. Okay. And that's your best bet. If that don't work, then... Maybe you should leave yep. because you ain't going to be doing nothing but creating misery for her through your own bullshit as perceived misery because of something that you want. That is really just an indicator that you shallow as fuck. As fuck. So if you can't get in the gym, then leave <laughs> appropriately. Like don't do, don't like, don't be like, okay, this relationship dead. Go try to find you a relationship while you in a relationship. Like, leave her the fuck alone. That's tell how her, niggas get cut. Don't do that. I be like, look, just be <laughs> honest. Just tell her, listen, your weight is a problem. And we can't, I can't continue with that. I'm sorry. Show the asshole that you are. Don't <laughs> try to cover that shit up. You know, if you, if you gonna feel like that towards the woman that you say you love, then love is far too conditional. Your love is anyway. Yeah, your love is far too conditional for me to give a fuck about your success. <laughs> um, I have a another question that's separate. It's stemmed from a conversation that I had with uh, Cole Jackson from Government Name Podcast. Government Name Podcast. Cole um, Jackson oh, and Shogun. They are so interested in doing this chicken tasting thing. <laughs> like, we're going to have to make that happen because, like, they're with it. More with it than I thought they would be. So, like, why would you think that any black people that could participate <laughs> in something where you eat chicken, what fuck would make you think they wouldn't be interested? Because you eating chicken on camera, like, because we're gonna record this and put it on like YouTube. I didn't know if they wanted to be like <laughs> smacking. They, I'd rather it be a chicken review. What do you mean a chicken review? Like instead of blindfold chicken taste test, um, because. If it's a competition, I'll fucking win. How you gonna win? Because I'm a fucking surgeon with different types of deliciousness. And if you think okay. you're gonna bring some goddamn fried chicken in here and I don't know where it's from, <laughs> I know the difference in the crunch between Church's chicken, Bojangles chicken, uh KFC, crispy, and original recipe chicken. <laughs> I know all the shit. Okay, well we gonna see. That makes me want to do it even more now. Maybe I just so have confident. to be the moderator. Uh uh-uh, uh, cause Cole gonna have to be the moderator, cause the nigga don't eat meat. Oh, he sure don't. <laughs> he eat gotta damn be the moderator. Meat. He, he got no options. <laughs> you don't eat. You don't eat meat now. If, if it's a competition, we gotta win something. All right, we can do that. I was thinking, so nuggets from different places have different shapes. I think we just need to get like a like a three piece chicken tender strip and cut it up. And do that. Everybody get a piece of the... Because if you do nuggets, 
You can tell a lot by the shape of a nugget. Everywhere don't have nuggets though. Everywhere have chicken tenders. So chicken tenders, like, but we it don't need we tenders. again like a three piece and cut it up for everybody to have enough to taste and tell what it is. That's what I was thinking we could do. Okay. Um, but they with it, so that's gonna happen because they <laughs> they were, they were in the group chat talking about this shit this week, so <laughs> we're gonna have to get together and do that. Uh, but so. Cole was talking about a coworker he has uh, who is gay and was talking about how he has straight friends who get mad at him because when they talk about having sex with men and he say that's you're 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 at the very least bisexual they tell him no I'm not that's you just judging me I'm I'm straight just because I like to have sex with men. <laughs> and this is what a lot of down on men say to themselves to make themselves feel better about the shit. But here's the thing. Being sexually attracted to and engaging in sexual acts with somebody of the same sex is the definition of homosexual. Like, at the very least, you bisexual. You could like men and women, but to just be like, I'm straight. I just like to have sex with men. Makes no sense at all. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm... I don't know how I feel about that. Uh-huh. I think that... I think people define their own sexuality. <laughs> right? Well, no, no, no. I think people define their own sexuality. Okay. And I think the definition of a man who defines himself as not attracted to men but having sex with them as down low. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's bisexual. I think that's a down low dude. Like, I think your sexual identity is what you identify as. Um. (laughs) Because being down low is different than being bisexual. Only in that you're not that that's like saying being in the closet gay and outwardly gay is different. It's not. It's just you're not prepared to accept who you are. The shit gonna be exactly the same once you get comfortable and, and come out. There's no difference. There's no difference between a down low man and a bisexual man. They do the same shit. The down low man just isn't in a place where he's ready to accept the things he does with a man as something that pertains to what he likes. What would you call a man that don't interact with men but like getting pegged a nigga that need to stay away from me <laughs> but what i mean but that's not bisexual i guess i so okay i mean i think i think it's possible so, to fetishize the phallic shape <laughs> whether it comes from a toy or a man and not attach that to an attraction to the person you get it from i guess I, this is very hard for me as a woman having this conversation because ain't gonna be no defining your own sexual identity if my hu- I find out my husband out here fucking men like it ain't gonna be well, no not, you know, it's on a spectrum like I'm gonna just be ready to whoop his ass I'm listen, just gonna be upset clearly, clearly like that's not what I'm arguing <laughs> I'm not arguing that you should accept it you know what I'm arguing is how much of what we know about people do we get to define things that exist on a scale? And that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know the answer. You know, if you... I feel like pegging is different, I guess. Not, okay. 
pegging. I'm trying to take myself. If you don't out. know what pegging is, is oh, a God. man that likes to be um <laughs> penetrated by a woman with Wearing a strap a on. Strap on. And the only reason I found out what this is is because on one of these whack ass dating sites, I had somebody approach me about doing it. I didn't even know what it was. I had to Google it. I was horrified. I'm trying to remove myself out of this and just think of it objectively. So pegging, I feel like, is more about the act. Because the men who have sex with men who don't feel like they're gay or whatever, they could do pegging. It would be the same thing. They, it, I feel like the guy has something to do with it. Like the reason why they're having sex with a man and not being peg- pegged. Um, Jesus. Um, it's because the other guy attached to it. Cause they could just do pegging. Man, well, if they are top, I guess you can. But let me clarify my position as well. <laughs> um, it sounds like the dudes that he is talking about are just in denial about whatever their sexual preference is. Well, yeah, but and they're I talking about this, he's standing in judgment of them, and it's like it's not judgment; it's a statement of fact. Yeah, like, they clearly <laughs> like they clearly in some kind of denial, or they feel like they got to rebut, you know. Uh, but I'm talking about. I guess my point is how quickly we are to label somebody something that is clearly it's a group for that. You know, it, it, it's a group of people that are bisexual, that find themselves as bisexual, that protect bisexual rights. I just don't think it's up to us to throw other people in that group just well, because. Like, I think something, I think, I don't know. I feel like it should be a difference between the identity and the act. You know, because people identify as these different groups. Like I said, I feel like it's no different than a person in a closet who's completely gay, who who knows that they are, but is not ready to face it. They don't get a different name just because they're in the closet. They're still gay. Like, so I don't understand why a man who is bisexual or seems to be bisexual and just isn't prepared to deal with that would get a whole nother category as opposed to just being in the closet. He just ain't ready because there is a group that stands up for bisexual rights but you also the reason why they have to stand up for those rights is because you get alienated you get judged you get a whole lot of shit with admitting that you bisexual and you like fucking men but i think that's the reason i think that's the reason that when you date a new dude it's two questions you gotta ask (laughs) are you straight yes have you ever had sex with men why would you ask me something like that? Huh? Because Clearly, niggas feel yes. like. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, those are two separate questions for a reason. Because they're in. Because again, I feel like it's the same way when somebody is in the closet. The 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 things that they'll make okay so that they don't have to deal with it is the same thing down low men do. Like I just don't believe that somewhere in there they don't know that they just like fucking with men. I don't believe any of them really believe like I just occasionally like to have sex with men. I think that that's a denial because they don't want to accept that part of themselves. So the reason I, I you have to ask those questions separately isn't because this man isn't bisexual. It's because his perception is that as long as he don't identify as bisexual that anything he does is just him being straight and occasionally liking to do this other thing well you know this dialogue is just something that i'm um i don't know i gotta figure it out i don't have a set system of what i believe on that but i do I know do. as that, a woman I well i do <laughs> look, I'm, like i said i'm not you saying that you have to deal with this really i guess like 
Cause I, I don't ain't no is there such thing as download with women don't do this shit. One because women being bisexual is a lot more acceptable than men being bisexual for one. But like I don't know that there's like a a, a category of download bisexual women. I don't I don't I think they I don't know that that exists. I don't know that you would ever have to deal with this. I think that women would probably just be like, hey, I like bitches too. Like I don't think that they would keep it from you. Because it's usually more well I'm accepted. I'm sure there's a relationship that exists where if a woman was in a relationship with a man and was having like side relationships with women and sexual encounters with women, then it would not, the man would not like it. You know, because at the end of the day, if commitment is what's important in yeah. a relationship to somebody, but not then you're not having it, that. Not liking it and feeling like, oh, he just cheated. Because I feel like with women, it ain't even just a matter of not like, like that's disrespectful as fuck. What you not going to do? Like, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother level of like. What, when men do it? Yeah. Why? Like, and women's, well, women's reaction to it. Like, a woman who finds out, who, who, a woman who suspects that her significant other is cheating on her expects it to be a woman. A woman that finds out that he cheating on her with a dude, the level of, of upset <laughs> is way higher when you find out that it's a dude than the woman you was expecting it to be. Like, I just think that with women, the response is so much more stronger when you find out that the nigga you've been with is down low and been out here doing shit with men i feel like a man would get upset if he found out his girl was like out here with other girls but it wouldn't be to the extent of how women respond uh, it depends on the person I, but, but i, I know what like, you're saying yeah. i mean i know what you're saying it, it's just a different dynamic when it comes to uh women because it ain't a lot of things versus man on man relationships it ain't but, a lot of things i go to jail for but like me finding out my husband been fucking men while we've been i <sighs> Like what's in that a, moment, uh, what's the statute of limitation on the last interaction that a man had with a man that would make him not bisexual? Like if if you if you messed around if you Frank Ocean and you messed around with a dude at nineteen and you thirty five and been dating women ever since, are you bisexual? Uh, is there a statute of limitation on do it? Like, still, is it something that you got to do? Are you suppressing the desire to have sex with men? Because that happens. So, like, are you having sex, not having sex with men because you're no longer attracted to them? But and what don't if, want what to? if they? What if that was the moment that they realized that they definitely wasn't attracted to men, and that they are with women because they want to be with women? Like, is it an assumption that they must be suppressing it? Because, and I think that no. comes. Well, I think that comes with. I think that comes with how our society sees um, homosexual relationships, yeah, sees man-on-man interaction. This particular it, uh, example is men who are currently having sex with men that feel like it ain't a big deal because they just do it sometimes. This isn't like they used to have sex with men and they no longer have sex with men. They're currently doing this. Well, you know that the point I brought up still just plays to the idea of whether is that something that we can put on them generally just because they had that interaction before and now you always bisexual if you've ever had that with a man I mean, I or like how much is, if, of that is that's what I identify with it's going to depend on who looking at it because I don't know that I would want to date a man that had any kind of a relationship with a man before me personally that's just my personal I just wouldn't want to so I guess it depends on who looking at the situation. For me, I don't give a shit how long ago it was. <laughs> like I just, I can't do it. Like I'm, I just, I have no desire to do it. So 
I guess it depends on who you who's who you asking the question to. Because I mean, I don't know. And again, I feel like so you're not fond of you wouldn't want to date any man that's ever been penetrated by anything. No, even a toy. No. And I ain't penetrating you with no toy. Like so, if I was with somebody who was just really into pegging and that was, that's still too weird for me. And my taste, I can't do it. It's weird. I just, I don't want to be thrusting into something that's fucking weird. That ain't nothing I know anything about. <laughs> ain't nothing I want to be a part of. I just, ew, <laughs> I can't. It's not for me. It's not for me. What if, what if is, what if he liked Thanos? I don't know if you remember at the end of one of the Guardians of the Galaxies or one of them movies, Thanos, uh, after whoever he sent to do it, they did fail. The after scene credit was Thanos putting on the glove saying, I guess I'll do it myself. Like, what if he was like that? What if he, like, took his suction cup dildo into the bathroom when he got ready to take a shower? No. <laughs> I can't. It's weird. It's weird for me. And what if you never you never even saw it? You just knew it was going on. No, I can't know about it. I can't. I'm not gonna be able to like. I, I'm not gonna be able to be with you. I, I just. I'm what not if gonna... you found? What if it was suppressed and you found out like ten years in the y'all relationship or marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, look, I don't, you got to answer that. Clearly, it's just there's gonna be a lot of variables in this situation. <laughs> but what Do I we want have to kids would it be easy for me? What I want week? to make sure I highlight is that you know for some of y'all small and limited minded people that might be listening y'all might think i'm out here broke back mountain and just because of my stance and how i'm defending the right for a man that's down low to possibly not have these identities thrust on him i don't know i don't know if he should or should not i don't know if bisexuality and uh homosexuality are exclusively things that you have to personally identify with to be involved in that group or if just based on the sexual acts you get tossed in there i don't know that's something i'm working out with this dialogue but i am not i can assure you i am um not fond of anything <laughs> but related going up into there so um <laughs> i guess that's the uh most docile way i can communicate that it's I'm trying to be really, really. Uh, yeah, you I'm are. trying to be very. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm not trying to be out there. Yes, I'm I, trying to be as. And I know that this when I when I was talking to Cole about this, I was like, we need to talk about this on the show simply because this is something that happens a lot. That is the ideal of a lot of down low men is that they're not gay; they just like to have sex with men sometimes, and so because of that. They don't feel like they have to disclose that to the women that they're with, which is fucked up because you don't get to decide for me if I'm okay with that. Like, because and like you're all, you're down low because you know it ain't acceptable. Like that's what I feel like it is because if if you really truly felt like I just I ain't gay, I just like to have sex with men sometimes. This would not be this closely guarded secret like it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you know that 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 people are gonna probably have a negative response to it, and so instead of accepting that, like most other people who have a lifestyle that people don't agree with, you just gonna hide behind some oh this ain't I'm not in that group type shit, and I'm out here with a nigga that's getting <laughs> I no <laughs> just no <laughs> no 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 um. But that is the that's how a lot of down low men feel that they're not they're not gay or bisexual they just like having sex with men. 
is it not bestiality if you just do it sometimes like any is there any other thing where <laughs> how you bring bestiality into this i mean i'm just we trying... talked a bit about sex with animals i know but i'm trying to think of something else some extreme you did this last time i know you brought bestiality know, up for no I know, reason but i'm trying to is you channeling them um them flicks that you found in your mama's movie stash i'm not i'm trying to think of something extreme that is like if somebody does it even once that is that's who they are like bestiality you're not gonna be like, are you gonna are you an animal banger for the rest of your life because you did Hell it once the fuck yes if you was out here yes you are if if I find out that when you were twenty one, what is the plural of? Are you a bestiality? <laughs> if you've had sex with animals more, you know, longer at, at one point, if you did it, are you just that forever? Like if a man, if a Frank Ocean, like I said, if Frank Ocean had sex with a man at nineteen and hadn't done it since, is he gay or is he bisexual? It depends. Or on. was that a moment where he might have realized that he wasn't? Either one of them. If he still desires it, but like uh, Dottie McClurkin. Dottie McClurkin is a very good example of this. Dottie McClurkin says... McClurkin. McClurkin? Is that it? McClurk. McClurk. Donnie. <laughs> Donnie. Donnie Mac. Donnie. That's his, uh, that's his jigaboo. Jigalo <laughs> name. I said jigaboo. Jigaboo and jigalo. <laughs> That's, he the gigolo jigaboo. He old enough for that. Donnie no longer has sex with men because of his religion. It's not because he doesn't find them attractive anymore. Because he feel like it's wrong. He's been uh, he's been saved, healed. Okay. I don't think. I mean, I guess healed ain't the right word for. Because <laughs> it wasn't an ailment. It yeah. wasn't a cut. But it's just desire, I guess. But if you still have those desires and you're just not acting on it. That doesn't mean that you're not that thing anymore. It means that you're just not acting on it to me. So Donnie is going to forever be like him suppressing his desires does not mean that the desires don't exist simply because you're not engaging in it. It gets a little bit more complicated for me because. I mean, you you and I both work with children of mm -hmm. sexual abuse, mm -hmm. and I think it's very possible to have a predisposition to be exclusively attracted to women but be because of sexual abuse have an affinity for you know the uh, interaction with a man and maybe not even the interaction but the feeling that you get from that which but you could take care of with pegging but it's the difference the, the, that's the difference between uh i mean sometimes women could use a toy but would rather have a man you know i think there's for a lot of women, I think there's value to like physical sex, the physical. Cause you like, cause you. There's a lot more that come along. Like when you're you, attracted to the man, they're like, it ain't because. <laughs> it's cause you're attracted to the man. Like so, if sometimes you want it, the the connection that you get, because it wouldn't, I wouldn't go try to find that with a woman with a strap on. I'm not gonna do that. Like even though it. I'm not <laughs> so it, it still has something to do with what it is that you desire going saying that you don't want the toy you want a, an actual man is for the intimacy that that provides with the person that you are attracted to and like like I wouldn't go try to get that same intimacy with a woman because I'm not attracted to women and so it wouldn't be the same it would just be weird <laughs> so I feel like to seek out a man specifically there is some level of attraction there for you to do that because it's it's too many other alternatives 
I I want to instead of saying attraction, I want to say criteria. The hell is what? Do you, why criteria? Because we all, I mean, a, a measure of what they look for in that interaction. It might not be exclusively attraction. But you're not going to... Do people have sex with folks they're not attracted to? I mean, it's a given. You ain't going to go have sex with no damn grimace. I mean, I think that's natural in any interaction. Even if even if it was... Even if there could be a per Like, even if a woman didn't give a damn about a man or the man and just wanted to have sex with him, she wouldn't go find... The 400 pound dude like she by default but she also ain't gonna go find a nice built woman either because the woman even with her having the physical characteristics uh, she's a woman and so you're not gonna go seek out a buff woman if you're looking for a buff man but but you don't <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure young ma don't wear her strap on out everywhere you know what i'm saying like you know that a man will have the tool that you're looking for you don't know if a woman of an equivalent build to a man would have the tool that you're looking for because she ain't gonna buy one you know we're gonna buy one that but that ain't i mean if you're going out for a night of pleasure you're not that's not what you're gonna be looking for in that moment you're gonna be looking for some way you can get that from but it's gonna be from what you want is what like again I, what you're saying is like if somebody got horny enough and they found a woman and they weren't gay but it's just like well she'll do like does that happen <laughs> where you just whoever you come across that fit a criteria? what i'm trying to say is that i think it's possible to want something from a person and not be exclusively attracted to that person that puts you in a particular sexual related group. I don't know. <laughs> I'm working I it just, out. I have at no point ever any kind of anything that I needed as it pertains to intimacy, whether it's physical intimacy, emotional, it's, men like i don't women don't even cross well, either, come into it, consideration know. like it never i'm not even gonna seek that out from a woman ever but i'm really just speaking i'm i'm really just arguing with semantics it these are things that can never be found out you know if somebody don't want to identify with something and wanted to be something else or if they having a struggle doing that that's a problem regardless because what the reality is you know you need to know if he's by. You need to know if he has sexual interaction with I me do, or not. Because I'm not with it. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I re, what I'm arguing, I really don't think matters because I think we need to know what really people people really consist of. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, then you can make a decision. And again, there are women who don't mind dating bisexual men. I'm not one of them, but there are women who don't care if you've been with men before or that you have an attraction to men and women. I'm not one of those people though personally i have no desire to date a man that likes men even if he would also be attracted to me as well i just i, I just it's too much it's only a matter of time before a website like ashley madison come out that has straight men that not had interactions <laughs> with gay men out here oh my so god so you need to either start living in your truth <laughs> or stop living in this falsehood <laughs> One or the other because your time of reckoning your is coming. Time is a coming. Uh, but it also was just funny to me in this particular situation that this is a conversation being had with a man who was gay. You know what I'm saying? So like it's not like 
these guys who were like, you're judging us. We're not gay. We're going to get that level of judgment from he gay. So like if they be like, you know, I just ain't ready to say no shit about it, but I love fucking me. He wasn't going to be like, you nasty. Was nigga. this like, a conversation with, uh, that was had with Cole Jackson? The coworker had it with Cole about an interaction he had with some of his friends. Be careful Cole Jackson. <laughs> Don't do that. This is how... <laughs> this is how the, this is how they do. First off, they see if you comfortable with having the conversation. Cause most dudes be like, I don't worry about none of that gay shit. Listen, Get that shit out my face. Look, don't do that because Cole has come so far from hanging out with us with his view of homosexuality. Don't make him backtrack thinking that this hey. nigga trying to get in his pants just because he talking to hey, him. I don't know. Don't the dude. do that. I don't know the dude. <laughs> I'm just creating a parallel universe don't create in that which universe. that is what's happening. <laughs> and just, you know, don't not have these conversations because I like having these I like having these conversations. So let him have it. Well, he's I'm doing just so well. He's he's open minded enough that he didn't even he wasn't even like nigga he cause he would have been. There was a, a point in time where Cole would have been like, nigga, I don't hear that gay shit. So don't make him backtrack by doing Listen, that. I don't think he gonna backtrack <laughs> he, because of what I'm saying. I'm know. just saying that the next time y'all had this conversation, if he sit a little bit closer to you, you know, I don't know what that means. I hate you. If so he be much. like, have you ever had any meat before? <sighs> then, you know, I'm just saying. That's terrible. <laughs> Why is it terrible? Let that man live. He's doing really well. He's being open-minded and accepting, and I'm so proud of him for that. But, and I told him this. I'm proud of you, Cole Jackson. <laughs> But you know why? You know why this is my dialogue? Because this was me. Okay? This was me being young and not really even recognizing what gay. Because most gay dudes don't. They stay in their lane as it pertains to I like what I like. And what I like is what likes me. Yes. I'm not trying to go out and and look for straight dudes. Yes. To convert, but <laughs> I was working at McDonald's in Auburn. I don't even remember the dude's name. It began with a D, and it sounded like a gay name. So I don't. <laughs> uh, it might have been like Demario or Demarcus or something like I'm that. I'm sorry for all the straight Demarios and Demarcus. And like it just got uncomfortable because I've always been comfortable with. Listening to people. Yeah. That's why I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't know who come to my office. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I've been comfortable listening to people. And that's been something that I'm a therapist because of those things. Yeah. Not, I'm not, don't, I'm not that because I'm a therapist. Like, I, I listen. Yeah. And, you know, so he be talking about some dudes in the break room. And I'll follow up with a question. And, you know, I guess to him, that's like invitation. <laughs> he's interested. You know, so like the way that he started looking at me was weird. The way, the way that he started requesting stuff was weird. <laughs> Eddie, I need a double quarter pounder with cheese. Like you don't say that like that to the goons that work in here. <laughs> Why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm just listening. Maybe my comments were triggering my own experiences, <laughs> but I'm just saying I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. This, that realization should not make you any more uncomfortable with having the conversations. It should just make you more vigilant. Oh, Jesus. And seeing what it's like. 
But like, what? It, you got to be a certain type of of gay dude to be comfortable talking to straight dudes about this stuff. Well, or you have to have a certain type of relationship with the person, and I don't, I don't really know the interaction between him and Cole and how comfortable they are talking to each other. Nobody knows he's gay at work, and I think what happened is he was going through, you know, sometimes a situation will just make you start talking, and he was going through something with some guy he had been seeing and was like super down and. I guess Cole got a face that looked like he would be with listening, you know, a, a listening ear or some shit. I don't know. But, like, it was, like, some situation that kind of pushed him to do it because he's not outwardly gay at work. So, nobody knows. So, that's kind of what I think happened. Cole Jackson is a, uh, he got a listening face, but he got a listening disposition. No, I mean, he's an <laughs> interviewer. Just, I mean, he, 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 he do this shit. He so does interviews, yeah. He he got that disposition already. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's had that all his life and it is like that, or if he, like, learned that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can answer that if you want, or if he learned that through the interviews and what it looked mm-hmm. like people respond to best. But, like, when, when Cole Jack, I mean, clearly I think he got a mode where don't fuck with me. Yeah, he but, uses that with me a lot. <laughs> yeah, but but he also got a mode where when you do talk to him, like it's engaging. Yeah, he keeps the conversation thriving. Yeah, and I guess if he's not comfortable, you'll be comfortable with having that conversation with and him. And he's so. tr- he is trustworthy, yeah. and so he felt like, obviously this guy felt like he was somebody he could tell that he wouldn't go tell everybody else at the place they work at that. Oh yeah, he is gay. He came and told me all of this stuff. So. Um, I think that's what ha- I think you know how you just you go through something and it's so bad that you just really need to talk to somebody about it and I think that in that moment on that day Cole was just that guy and so because he was, was receptive that day now it's like I can talk to him about this shit and nobody else is gonna know about it and he can give me a different perspective because he ain't gay and I think they just, you know, now he part of conversations he may or may not want to be a part of. Because well, he got to listen in this I think you'll be all right as long as he don't try to, like, bump up against you by accident and be like, Cole. Well, like I said, I think because he's not outwardly gay at work, he ain't finna do this shit anyway. Just because he got don't want nobody to customer for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just, you know. <laughs> It's but my yeah, experience, I, man. It was, it was I weird. knew that the download men do that, but it was just interesting to hear that they'll say that even to somebody who definitely ain't finna judge them for fucking men because he fucked men. So it's like you still, even in a place where you could be honest, you still ain't gonna do it, even with somebody that wouldn't give a fuck. It's not like he was gonna be like, "Ooh, nigga, y'all nasty," because he do the same thing. So I just thought that part Look, of it was interesting. Um... <laughs> I used to work at a Red Lobster in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Pineville store, and it was a dude that worked there named Darren. Darren was a, a crossdresser. Cousin named Darren, but he's not a crossdresser. <laughs> and any t- you know, at Red Lobster, they, they used to make us sing for people's birthdays. Oh, God. It was horrible. Yeah. But if Darren was there, we can get Darren to sing Diana Ross or Diane Warwick or anybody. Oh, yeah, he was, he, drag, he was a queen? performer. Yeah, he oh, was Oh, did he do drag? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did drag, so he would perform, but he was so flamboyant. Most drag queens are and open about complimenting other men that it was so it was just really uncomfortable. And it was this dude <laughs> when we got there that he used to just be like, "Watch this, Eddie. I'm Eddie, by the way. Watch this, Eddie." And he would say, 
hey, Derry, Eddie said you look look pretty nice today. He was like, mm, Eddie, you find tall glass of wine, I'll sop you up like one of these biscuits. Like, he'll say some off-the-wall stuff, and I'm like, and there's people around just be laughing, and I'm like, but, like, it's <laughs> been a bunch of them moments where it's like, it don't really bother me internally. Like, mm-hmm. it don't make me feel any type of way against his sexuality, you know, or his flamboyancy. But it just, you know, it's uncomfortable still. I mean, we're still in a society where the conditioning of and how we supposed to feel about men having relationships with men is still ever so present. Yeah. And if you've managed to get over it, if you've managed to advance to a place where you can have a conversation with a person without feeling a certain type of way, then you're you're the minority Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because this just happened yesterday i still i still have felt like a certain type of way if i'm watching dudes kiss or something like that Mm -hmm. but like yesterday i saw it and it 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 was gone like i didn't feel any any kind of stigma like i felt the same way i would feel if a a guy and a girl was kissing when i scrolled past that it just Mm -hmm. it didn't but that's like that's an advance. You you got to keep mm-hmm. advancing your tolerance of things that society has conditioned you mm-hmm. ain't right or ain't good or is problematic. In a Christian society, that also means atheism. In a capitalist society, that also means poverty. Mm-hmm. In a white society, that means brown. And in a straight society, that means homosexual. Yeah. So, I mean, we all got to continue to advance. I mean, I you know made a little joke but i hope that me saying that didn't impact how you feel about the situation so no, I I look, i'm to. so proud of him and ac blow um because i've had these conversations with ac ac also used to have this hyper like masculine viewpoint of shit and of course i'm gonna debate with you all day and so through me verbally beating him down <laughs> um eventually he just became a lot more open-minded when it came to stuff and i mean again i like i I told him when we were having conversations open-minded don't mean that you agree with the shit you know what i'm saying you just accept that this is how this person is choosing to live their life and you move the fuck on you don't have to agree with it but you also don't have to have this stigma attached to or you don't have to have this bias towards that person because of that shit like it ain't got nothing to do with you. What he doing in his bedroom ain't got shit to do with you. Unless he ain't trying to fuck you, so what do you care? It don't matter. Um, so I'm proud of both of them. They have come so far as far as, like I said, AC still feel how he feel about homosexuality, being how he was raised, what his religious viewpoint is. He's just a lot more accepting of people making their decisions. And he still feel how he feel. And I was like, these two things don't have to be separate. You can feel how you feel, but also remain accepting and respectful of how that other person feels about this thing, too. So, um, Well, one thing that uh, Herman Cain got for the campaign when he was campaigning. Uh, no, no. Was it Herman Cain or Ben Carson? One of the, um, one of these one of the Republican blackies. <laughs> um, one thing that he said was, I don't believe in homosexuality, but I believe in the individual choice. I believe that the individual can make the choice that they want about their sexuality. That don't sound like something Ben Carson would have said. I don't think. I think it was Herman Cain. <laughs> that I, don't it sound was, I'm like pretty ben. sure it was Herman Cain. And so from that, like, and I don't know if he can really do this, you know, as Herman Cain, as a Republican, as a Christian, eh, yeah. but. 
I think it's possible to not like what a person does because you got friends that cheat on their wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got friends that do all kinds of bullshit. But all of know? those things are readily acceptable. Yeah. I feel like, like you got it- friends that sell drugs to kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it we choose what we want to accept. Yeah. I just think that that other stuff is not as deeply ingrained for us to be against as homosexuality. Yeah. Because not only is there a system that says it's wrong, but it also challenges the whether a man is strong or weak. Yep. You know, so it challenges that. It also challenges faith. Yep. You know, it also challenges my like I can't conceptualize being attracted to a man. Man, I can't. I can't. No. And not a woman. Like I I find women attractive. I could find beauty in a woman, but like as far as like come on home with me type shit. I would no. never be able to ever lay next to somebody <laughs> naked and hairy as I am. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I would never be able to rub up on a face that has a beard. (laughs) It's not. I would never be able to wake up to somebody and be like, good morning, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Like, I can't conceptualize it. But that's because my natural predisposition is to, you know, is toward women. And so it's, it's. Accepting that is breaking into a lot of things that we were conditioned to accept. Yeah. And it's taking me a long time to come to fight against what society told me I need to think. And that's why I'm fighting. If if y'all don't notice my dialogue and all of these conversations is everything society told me to think, I'm fighting that shit. Yeah. I'm fighting what they told me to think about women. I'm fighting what they told me to think about LGBT. I'm fighting what they told me to think about Latino. Um any brown person black it, whatever they've told me to think i'm like fuck no you're not gonna tell me how to think and furthermore the shit you're telling me is harmful and you telling other people shit about me yep and i don't like it so i can't trust anything you say about anybody so i come up with i've I'm been trying to come up with my own ways of looking at shit which is you know the conversation we had this conversation mm-hmm. this has been an active me processing this shit while we having a conversation and yeah. me challenging you is to really kind of like what f- go through all the little sections of the maze to figure out where where i'm gonna come out at mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's what i do with dialogues if i don't know if it, if it looked like i believe one way or the other for a lot of these dialogues i'll be trying to see where i am with it yeah you'll know when i believe what i believe <laughs> trust me <laughs> Okay, so we talked about that for so long. We are hour in. Oh, shit. We only answered two questions. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, conversationconartists, and send it that way. Are you going to talk about the Trump shit first? What Trump shit? Um, The video. No, no, I'm not going to talk about it. You're not going to talk about it at all? Okay, well, the only Trump-related thing that I have is apparently at one of these little punk-ass rallies he had, he decided, which here's why, okay, so for a couple of reasons this is fucked up, but one of the main reasons that it was fucked up that he decided to play Pharrell's song Happy at his rally was because this was following all of these people getting murdered in the synagogue. And so, just so disrespectful of him. Um, So what happened is, Pharrell wasn't with the shits <laughs> and his lawyer sent a cease and desist letter 
Uh, dear Mr. Trump, we write you on behalf of our client, Pharrell Williams, composer and performer of the hit song, Happy. On the day of the mass murder of 11 humans, oh, it was on the same day, um, of the mass murder of 11 human beings at the hands of a deranged nationalist, you played his song, Happy, to a crowd at a uh, political event in Indiana. There was nothing happy about the tragedy inflicted upon our country on Saturday and no permission was granted for your use of this song for this purpose. Pharrell Williams is the owner of the copyright in happy with exclusive, damn it. I just with exclusive right to exploit same uh, Pharrell has not and will not grant you permission to publicly perform or otherwise broadcast or disseminate any of his music. The use of happy without permission constitute copyright infringement and violation of 17 U.S.C. Uh, 501. This also violates Pharrell's trademark rights under Landheim under the Landheim Act. Okay. So Pharrell was like, "Don't play my shit, nigga." Basically. <laughs> that just wasn't you know the country was really hurt that was really sad about these people getting killed and you come out to a rally to happy because you a bitch getting my fucking nerves but i was just like look don't at come out the music yeah just don't come out the music <laughs> like there's no song choice you could choose no that will help anything nothing just come out silent and say some respectful shit and that's it but yeah. you know i've resigned to the idea that Trump is going to Trump. Yep. That's just what it's going to be. Donald Trump is going to do what Donald Trump does. Donald Trump is a uh, a social sociopath, a psychopath, without the charisma of uh, Ted Bundy. You know, yeah. he just don't have it. He has he has tactics, and tactics work with a small group of people. I mean, in the context of America, it's yeah. a large group of people. But he has tactics. He just not. He doesn't. Like, I feel like he is a uh, he's a psychopath with autism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, and I'm sorry, nothing against no. I autism. know you mean the social aspect. Yeah, the, the social, social awkwardness. He don't, I don't think he really. I don't think he knows what really makes people happy. I don't think he really knows no. how to engage with people on an emotional level. I don't really think he knows empathy. I don't think he knows sympathy, and that's the antisocial personality side, the psychopath side. But he also don't know how to detect people's smiling mood and that's the narcissism mm -hmm. and i think that the problem that comes along with all of that is the narcissism says i don't care what people are feeling or emoting or how to even address those things that they're emoting mm -hmm. the uh the antisocial personality side says i don't really empathize or sympathize i really don't care what people are going through that might put them in this emotional state and the inability to like tell how people are feeling in things mm -hmm. Is what impacts all of his close relationships where everybody around him, they ain't really relationships. Yeah. They like contractual obligations. Like I feel like everybody around him is contractual obligations. And you know what? It it really it's really crazy because the way it's crazy because I don't expect any better for Trump about me because the way that he treats America is how he treats his kids. Yeah. Ivanka is his base. Yep. Eric and Don Jr., those are independence people he trying to kind of trying to get, but he don't give a fuck about them because he don't talk shit about them. And the fucking the other Ashley, daughter. the other daughter, and then uh, the youngest one, the youngest boy with autism, Mil yeah. Mil Mil Melania. Melania's kid. 
Yeah. They just, they the niggas of the group. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care about them one bit. Like, I ain't even, I don't even recall seeing a picture with his. You got to go find the other daughter picture somewhere. I can't even remember her damn name because he don't. It might name? be Ashley. I can't remember. I don't remember. think it's Ashley. I can't Stacey? remember. I don't know. It's some but it's another daughter white Trump. Name. So if, if, oh, yeah. he has another if that is the dynamic he would have with his family to where he has some outcasts in his family that he don't acknowledge. He have some in his family who he acknowledge, but he is overly and deeply critical about and don't give a fuck at the end. But for one of them, he'll do whatever it takes. That's like that. What? Can I expect better from him then? Exactly. If his kids don't like, if there is a subgroup of his kids that don't get shit, I ain't got no hope, and I don't give a fuck. So Trump, I don't really give a fuck. About the him. insecurity that goes into narcissism, because it seems like that would be an oxymoron. That are the, uh, <laughs> but they they're very not they're not confident. The way that they make themselves confident is about bo being boastful and bragging. That is not any more clear. Then in the fact that the kids that he don't fuck with are the kids that look the most like him. Ivanka look like her mama. She's pretty. That's why he likes her so much. Uh, Don, Don Jr. is a nice man. He don't look as much like him, but Eric is. Eric look like he looked like Trump. He's like the hunchback of the family. And his daughter also looks more like him. And the ones that, that remind him of himself because they look like him, those are the ones he don't fuck with. Those are the ones that he won't have anything to do with because they remind him of himself. He, they look just like him. Ivanka don't look shit like him. She don't even look like she's his child. Because she look like her mama. Even Baron, which is... um. Melania's son has you can tell you can see some of Trump's features in his face it's a lot more pleasing to the eye because of Melania but like he does look like there are features of him that you and, can see and this is the thing too I think that um I think if Donald Trump was a woman he would be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder yes you know and you know I don't know if you know not you but the <laughs> People listening know yeah. much about borderline personality disorder, but it is almost exclusively diagnosed to women. Mm -hmm. Like women can't have a level of narcissism. It's just borderline personality disorder <laughs> because he a man. He's it's expected that a little narcissism and testosterone and all that stuff uh -huh. is going to be there. But I think when you when you know what his upbringing was and how harsh the relationship his daddy had with him was, then that's where I think the borderline personality those traits would come from. That's where that insecurity thrives yeah. from. From the interaction that he had with his uh, with his dad, because the way that borderline personality really comes about is a person that's own way of thinking and own way of looking at the world has been invalidated so deeply that they don't really they don't really know how to make their own decisions, and so they create this world where everything works out for them. Mm, and Donald Trump has created a world where everything works out for him. And they're extraordinarily sensitive to criticism, which is why he, other stuff that past presidents would have just, you know how much bullshit they said about Bush at the end after he fucked up, Obama during his whole damn <laughs> president, like they ignored a lot of shit. Trump, gonna, he gonna come back and say something about anything that's said about him because he is so sensitive to criticism. So the first client that I ever had that had, that was, uh, she was already diagnosed with borderline mm -hmm. personality disorder. It's not like I diagnosed her, but I was in the clinic and my, my professor watched my tape and he said, you dealt with that client perfectly. 
because I'm not really a big acknowledger of like I just don't really acknowledge your the positive things immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, he said a border a person with borderline personality disorder oh, yeah. is coming in there and they are creating a reality that they want you to either feel sorry for or give them credit for. And if you do that, and if you do that, <laughs> you making it worse. You making it way worse. If you don't acknowledge those things, if you don't give them that you know, acknowledgement that they're looking for through whether it's good or bad or whatever kind of story they're creating, whether they're trying to get pity or guilt. If you don't give them that, then that's when you can start doing some work. That's when you can start getting to the real person. Because as long as you validate they bullshit, they're they going to keep, keep giving, giving you bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> because at the end of the day, they're trying to be validated. And when you look at Trump, he is on a fucking full speed monorail path train of validation. This nigga shortly after becoming president already started holding rallies and shit like to feed his ego. Those rallies are solely for his benefit. Look, we we didn't even (laughs) get that far. During his fucking inauguration, he was talking about how big the crowd size was (laughs) because that the the crowd size being the biggest crowd of any inauguration Which was, so was the biggest invalid uh, biggest validation that he can have for himself that's how deeply he needs to be validated all of his decisions need to be validated and unfortunately he's in a position where it's people who brown nose and, yep. and it's gonna validate his shit and it's people who are not smart enough to recognize uh also known as stupid trump <laughs> I won't say all of them are stupid. Some of them are smart. They just smart at what they smart at. <laughs> and politics ain't it. <laughs> you know, but that comes along. Like, it, all of those things together are validating them. But that's also why the people who ain't validating them get such a hard fucking My time. God. If you're in his staff and you don't validate them, you're gone. Yep. If you're another community that don't validate them, we building a fucking wall. A Middle Eastern can't come in here. And if you're black, we're going to stop and frisk everybody everywhere. Like, <laughs> if you ain't validate him, he don't give a shit Mm-mm. about you. And so it's not surprising to me. I Trump just appreciated Trump. his level, Pharrell's level of petty for sending a season <laughs> because, like, the, Pharrell, that song is used all the fucking time without permission. Like, that song is a very popular song, and so people use it all the time. But for him to like have his lawyers draft up a season desist letter was just real petty and hilarious to me. I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, let me talk about um, from that. Let me talk about the synagogue shooting. Now it's clear I ain't even plan on talking about this You just brought it up so it kind of reminded me But the It's clear that in our society now The rhetoric That has been brought up Amongst all kind of other people Other people Is problematic And it's created an environment where people would be violent Towards those people yeah. Okay Right mm-hmm. Right but I don't even want to focus on that. I want to focus on the. This is going to be out of left field, but I really did not know Farrakhan had such derogatory and flagrant views about Jewish, the Jewish community. I didn't know that either. It's ridiculous. He has a tweet 
that links to uh, his YouTube video, which I didn't go look at, that says thoroughly and completely unmasking the satanic Jew and the synagogue of Satan. What? Yeah, it is. I don't. I haven't watched the video. I'm not interested in watching the video. But most of what I've known of Farrakhan has been in support of the black community. I guess through the lens of of his faith. And so while he sometimes has some extreme rhetoric when it comes to that it's just i just don't understand the i don't know if this is an uh, a muslim islam thing or if that has anything to do with it or if this is exclusively a farrakhan thing well I, so after this happened um an organization let me see they raised more than $150,000 for the victims of that shooting to go toward the funeral expenses. Um, and they're working with the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh to disperse the money to those families. So obviously it ain't everybody in Islam that feel that way about Jewish folks. So it might be a Farrakhan thing or it might be a, a Muslim extremist. I don't know. But the Islamic community there in Pittsburgh raised money to help the synagogue after the shooting. Um. So, well, there's a, and I'm saying that to say there's a, a Union Temple of Brooklyn was vandalized with anti-Semitic messages, mm -hmm. and on the um, they have a picture of a a black man on surveillance camera, and you know at first I was like, um, why why would a black person be doing this, but then. When I realized that Farrakhan had such a harsh message about the Jewish community, I was like, I guess it ain't surprising. Because that same rhetoric, any of these rhetorics are going to amp up the extreme people in mm -hmm. these groups. Yeah. And so, for me, I, that, that's going to lead me to talk about, to find out more about his issue with the Jewish community. Yeah. And, and if, if it's a widespread Islamic viewpoint. But like I said, the one, the one what I can say about the people there in Pittsburgh that are of that faith, they raise money to help out the synagogue. So, obviously, they, them, they that group of folks, anyway, don't feel the way that Farrakhan feels. So I don't know if that's widespread. I don't know if it's just a Farrakhan thing, but it ain't know. all of them, regardless, because um, they raise money for them to help with. You know, um, like, I don't know if you remember, because you did psychology at um, AUM. Did you ever have, oh, what was his name? What did he teach? He was psych. It, you know they have a bunch of psych professors. Um, Abnormal. I can't remember. Okay, what Trace DeFurick, Doctor Labello. Um, Who was Labello? Doctor Woodle. No. Um, the dude that uh, Doctor. Um, he came to be the head of the program. The one that talked real nerdy. You talking about the abnormal psych dude? Because he died on yeah. campus. Him. Yeah. So he, he had mustard on his shirt one day. That was irritating. <laughs> yeah, he was a little messy. I he think was I weird. told you about that story where he he asked if anybody was from Chambers County. Yeah, before he yeah. yeah. Um, when he died, he he's like Orthodox. I think he was Orthodox Jewish. They had to bury like his his children didn't even get to come to his funeral because it had to happen so fast because of their beliefs. Um, 
So I just was wondering how many or what kind, I don't know what the, I don't know if it was Orthodox Jew, the synagogue that got the shooting, but his funeral was like, they have like 48 hours where they have to be in the ground or it's something crazy. So his funeral happened before his kid, because they, they live out of state before they could even get down here. Well, so they missed his ex- funeral. I imagine it was expected. Yeah, I mean, they are. Well, accepted by his kids. It was accepted. It wasn't expected. He just had an aneurysm in the well, damn. Well, I know his death wasn't expected, oh, yeah. but to not, to not see him if something happened oh, yeah, before yeah, he yeah. in the ground yeah, was probably, it's the, it's it's probably the, expected amongst the faith. Yeah, it is. But like for us, it was just like, he because you know, if you Baptist, Methodist, any kind of Southern Christian, they're going to hold about it so everybody can get here. They'll do that. This was like 48 hours they had his uh, funeral. So, um, I just thought that was very interesting because I didn't know that was something that they did. But, um, yeah, they, they have a certain amount of time where they have to be put in the ground. And it, they'd be damned anything else. So, um, yeah. So, I'm going to talk about more so some concepts than a, a story okay. for a couple of these. I mean, I guess it's kind of wrap. Let me wrap it into the Kanye West thing. Um, clearly, we know that Kanye West came out and said that he he's been blinded, and there's people that's been you know taking advantage mm-hmm. of him and for messages that he don't agree with. Mm-hmm. What he was exclusively talking about was Candace Owens mm-hmm. because she had a movement that she was trying to get off the ground called Blexit so about the black stupid. exit from the Democratic plantation. Uh, kind of using his verbiage and his lingo, and she tried to make it seem like he co-opted that and that he was going to have a hand in designing those clothes. And it's fucked up to me that her trying to get him into fashion is what really made him see that people was taking advantage of him. Like Not- that, all this other shit. Niggas been trying to talk to you and tell you how harmful this shit is, and her fucking up your fashion shit is what was the thing that got to you. But I really, but that bring that brings up the dialogue of dem, of the Democratic plantation because it's not like those thoughts and those ideas have come from nowhere. It's not like uh, the argument that they making don't resonate with some people because the question is being what has the Democratic Party done for Black people, and what is the Democratic Party doing for Black people now? Um, because right now. What it feels like is that for the Democratic Party, black people, let me not say for the whole Democratic Party. Let me say for the Hillary Clintons, the the moderates, the ones that are center left, the ones that are not far left, you know, but the ones who there are. There's a large group of the Democratic Party that use black people as a platform for their message without any real semblance of anything that they're going to do to help the black community. But from my perspective, that can't be a reason that we allow a party that has not even a verbiage or a bit of a dialogue about what can be done to help the black community. None. Like the Republican Party has nothing for black people. It has something for people who have never grown up in poverty, that are extreme Christians, that believe in extreme versions of capitalism where we don't have capitalism now. We have corporatism. Capitalism has is what they say we got, but 
our corporations are fucked up. If me and you start Mr. On Point and Red's grocery store, mm-hmm. um, where we will, we will never be able to do that, where there's not a Walmart around, mm-hmm. Walmart is going to go look to see what the fuck we got in our store, mm-hmm. lower their prices down, lower than ours. Or price match. You just or bring price it in. match. Mm-hmm. Put our ass out of business and have any legal, any legal ramification we try to take, Walmart will just lobby in that community for them to be able to have done what they did. That's not capitalism. Capitalism, me and us and them got the same opportunity to succeed as another one. We just got to have a better product. What Walmart have is money, clout, and legal um, legal representation that will keep us from doing that. And it's not just in that field. It's in every. It's in grocery stores. It's in restaurants. The tr- the food trucks around here in Birmingham. They were downtown doing their food trucks, a uh, uh, building away from like Arby's and play. All these restaurants got together and lobbied for legislation that the food trucks could only open between 11 and 2 and 5 and 8. And it had to be outside of a certain radius of where those restaurants are. That's not fucking capitalism. Mm-mm. That is corporatism. And this shit is happening everywhere so that this kind of shit is what the republican party stand for you can look at the donations that paul ryan are getting from these uh anti-abortion groups you can look at how much money that paul ryan and mitch mcconnell are getting from these nra they are being paid to believe what they believe and maybe they believe a a a level of what it is but they don't believe it to the level of the extremists that's paying them Mm -mm. but they doing the bidding of the extremists yep and the Democratic Party, they are being more, they have a message more towards brown people. They have a message more towards poverty. They have a mess, message towards choice for women. And the reality is, I don't know what the answers are to that shit. I don't know how to tell a Democratic leader to fix poverty. I don't know how to tell a Democratic leader how to fix you know, how many abortions? I don't know how to tell them how to fix the plights of brown people. But they say things that we can hold them accountable for. They have a dialogue that we can say, this is the shit you said. This is why Hillary didn't win. But I believe this is why Stacey Abrams will win. This is why I believe Andrew Gillum will win. At least I hope they win. They in deeply red mm-hmm. state, so... Even if they saying all the best shit, winning is gonna be hard. It but is. those are the Democrat leaders that we can hold them accountable for when they talk about crime. We can hold them accountable for when they are, are critical of shit Trump do. We can hold them accountable, and and that's what it's about. It, it's not about what have you done for me lately. It's about trying to help the right people in there find out what to do. And we got to get the right people in for that. We can't do that shit without the, with the wrong people. So this Democratic plantation shit, and not mention this dialogue about the Democratic plantation, for them hinges upon the the history where the Democratic Party was the racist party. But those roles switched. Mm-hmm. You're ta- not talking about the traditional Democrats. You're talking about Dixiecrats, which was a subset of the Democrats that became the modern-day Republicans. When the Democrats switched over from FDRs, like you, you really gotta. If you go back to the history, you'll see how this shit switched over. And if you want to know how to do that, go look up uh, FDR and the Democratic Party that he was a part of. Go look up the changes that he made 
that supported a lot of the uh, communities that the Republican Party didn't support and then go from there. And you'll see how it got up to Reagan and how the black community hasn't, uh, hasn't voted more than 15 percent for the right since then, for Republicans since then, just because they don't they don't have a message for black people. So that I just, I'm just really that Democratic plantation shit is just market employee and it is just people that's the people that's saying it or, or people that's got real that's real catchy and or, or charismatic and on the forefront right now. But the reality is you need to vote for it and believe in what you believe in. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't vote for a party. I don't consider myself a Democrat. A lot of my shit line up with Democrats, but not all of my shit line up with Democrats. Well. Some of my shit will be more so lining up with an independent view of some shit. I don't agree with everything anybody says. I, I have to come up with my own way of looking at this shit. And when you just take this one-size-fits-all Democratic plantation shit from Kanye, you already losing. But that's that's one of my things. You can go ahead. Um, so in why I don't fuck with people news, 21 year old Navy sailor fatally shot after pulling over to help a man he thought was a stranded motorist, but the guy was actually stealing the car. And this is, you know, I know you know random acts of kindness, you should be able to do that, and but I just feel like where we are in the state of this country currently you just have to be real careful and and very cognizant of of what you're doing and and where and around who like you just can't so anyhow curtis adams was shot on the side of the highway in san diego around 2 20 a.m i ain't stopping for nobody in at 2 20 a.m god gonna have to stop my car if it's him like I ain't stopping for nobody for nothing. I'm sorry. Unless I know you and you called me to specifically to say, hey, I'm stranded on the side of the road and I'm coming there to help you because I know you. Somebody on the side of the road at 220? I'm not. And I'm not going to expect nobody because let me tell you something. If my car break down at 220 in the morning and I'm sitting on the side of the road and somebody stopped by to help me, I'm going to be worried of them motherfuckers. I'm going to be like, I already called my insurance. They sending somebody, but they, I ain't even getting out the fucking car because you just can't trust people now. Especially not no 2.20 in the morning. That's just bad. Just bad. 2.20 on a Saturday when he approached the motorist to offer assistance. What Curtis didn't know, police say, is that the stranded motorist was actually attempting to steal the car. Curtis's girlfriend, who was in the car with him at the time, quickly called 911. Curtis was taken to UC San Diego Medical Center where he was pronounced deceased. The accused shooter has been identified as 21-year-old Brandon Acuna who police says was also involved in a car burglary that led to a shooting about 10 minutes before the same day. Acuna sped down Interstate 15 before police caught and arrested him. He was booked in jail on charges of first-degree murder and second-degree burglary and held without bail. Was he black? Acuna? Mm-hmm. Uh, Acuna don't sound black. Acuna the guy, sound black as hell to me. A last name is Acuna? Acuna? Shit sound African. I guess. I don't know. Let me look him up. The guy he shot was black. What's his name? Brandon Acuna? Uh-huh. Did I say Brandon? I don't know. Yeah, I did. Brandon Acuna. This sounds Hispanic to me. No, the dude, the Navy, the Navy guy was black. I told 
I said that. Oh, he was black. The guy point. who shot him, though, I don't know. Yep, he looked white. That sounds Hispanic to me. That don't sound black. But anyway, so the guy that got killed that was trying to help out though was black. I'm telling. Listen. <laughs> And then being black, well, say, okay, so California is a lot more of a liberal state. Here in the South, I'm not stopping to help nobody white <laughs> at 2.20 in the morning because my black ass attempting to help them is going to be taken as my black ass attempting to rob them and he's going to get ugly real quick. Like the mentality of living down here and probably the mentality of living in California would be a bit different because there ain't no way in fuck Austin. Hell no. Mm-mm. You know what? <laughs> I... I drove past a dude that was like trying to hitchhike the other day. And I made a capital mistake. Looked him in the eyes. <laughs> I ain't stopped, but I looked him in the eyes. And you know, the the disappointment that I saw, <laughs> I was like, damn. Like, he really, really want to Like, this dude is not having a good day. And I just looked him in the eyes, like, gave him some hope. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. Um, and I hate it's become it's come to that, but it's like for your own self preservation, doing acts of kindness where it involves you being in close contact with somebody you don't fucking know, like letting them in your car to get them a ride type I'm shit. Driving like I can get poked in the side twelve <laughs> times before I realize this was a bad idea. <laughs> like you just can't, and I hate it. I do, but like. There's just one because I'm a woman. This whole thing just sounded crazy. But my supervisor, let me tell you about my su- my supervisor does shit like this. But she's a white woman, so I, I take that as for what you will. She picks up hitchhikers. She stops and like <laughs> helps people. And listen, that sounds like she's a nice person, but she just histrionic is fucking dramatic, and she just likes the attention that she gets and the feeling that she gets. From helping somebody. I ain't against helping people. I'm against helping people at the cost of what looks like safety. So like and putting your somebody. Was, I done cussed this that nigga don't keep going. You ain't finna stop with me in the car and help nobody. She might have been the one that got to do it. She's stupid too then. He, listen, he needs help, honey. No, listen, it's late. You help that man. <laughs> now she got to live with that shit. Because he dead now. Listen, I mean, you know, I wish a nigga. Listen, look, I, I appreciate you trying to be a good guy. Be a good guy when I'm not in the car with you. We're not stopping to help him. He, he better call AAA. <laughs> call in. This is why I pay for roadside assistance on my car insurance because I don't want no stranger coming in. I'm telling you, if some, if I was broke down on the side of the road, I don't give a fuck how many people drove up to help me. I'm not getting out of the car because I can't trust that you're not going to fucking rob me and take advantage of this situation that I'm in. So what I'm going to do is sit here and wait on my roadside assistance. But I appreciate the effort <laughs> because you just don't know. And especially at an a, a hour like 2 in the morning. No. No. Mm-mm. I would never have stopped. And I mean, you take that for what it is, but I would never have stopped to help no. I, I pass by folks all the fucking time and you better call somebody you know. I like, actually helped somebody recently. That you didn't know? Yep. It was a dude. I was coming back from uh, home, which is a couple of hours away. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Shorter. I know you told me about this. I had yeah. to stop and get gas. Mm-hmm. 
and it was a dude out there standing in a weird spot. He was like by some, it was some, some big diesel trucks over there. He was standing between them, and he mm-hmm. just kept throwing his hand up at me. And I'm like looking around, like, "Are you talking to me?" And then he tried to yell something at me across, and then I ran over to him, and he was like, "Hey, can you give me a ride?" I was like, "To where?" And he was just like, "To the next exit." And I was like, "Okay, I give you a ride to the next exit." I don't know why. I don't know why, but I gave him a ride, and he just was going through some shit. He was talking about how his life was good, and he everything was okay until he was in a car wreck mm. with somebody else. Um, he wasn't driving, but he was in a car wreck, and he was, like he had one leg where he was dragging, and one of his arms was messed up. Oh. And he said, "I was supporting my." family like my mama and my uncle and them i was supporting them because i had a good job and i was doing everything for them and now i can't even get a ride to the next exit you know from none of my family that's fucked up and it's like i just never realized how much what i was doing for them was being taken for granted and and it was just really it's really eye-opening to you know life you know, and, and he knows a counselor, but I work with a lot of people, and it just, I feel like at the times when this stuff happened, it's supposed to happen. I feel like all the shit came together for me to take him where I took him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't just pick everybody up, but like the fact that I, I, I pulled up to that place, and out of the six or seven people that was around there, I don't know if he reached out to all of them or if he just felt comfortable reaching out to me because mm-hmm. I was black. It was a lot of Latino and white people around. Mm-hmm. And, the fact that he, the way that he spoke didn't seem threatening and the mm-hmm. way that he looked wasn't threatening at all. It Everything came together for me to feel comfortable enough with, you know, taking him the way I took him. And it, it just made me think about some stuff at that time. But what sucks is that there are a lot of people like him who truly do need it, but it's like you can't differentiate between him and this dude that stabbed this guy. And something he told me guy. that was crazy. He said that... uh People always give him rides, but white people, once they give him a ride, they'll say something like, get the fuck out of my car, nigga. Some shit like that. The fuck you picked me up for then? He said he don't know what that is. He said people, they, he said it happens a lot. It happens a lot. And it is make it's made him uncomfortable with asking white people for shit, help. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And I'm like, <laughs> I just don't understand it. Like, why would you even be willing to help? If this is how you're going to treat somebody. It's like, I guess God I'm... see you helping, but he saw that shit too, <laughs> dummy. I guess that's where your morals and your bigotry <laughs> uh, c- clash. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to do this shit because it's the right thing to do, but fuck you, nigga. Like, I feel like, you I know, those are some it. conflicted I people. I just don't get it, but whatever. You just never know when you help folks. Um, You just don't know, but. At two o'clock in the morning, I fuck that. I ain't helping nobody. Like, definitely ain't gonna happen. And then again, with me being a woman, it's like I have to be even more careful. Um, because the thing about it is, everybody is looking at him like he's this really great person. He is the guy that got killed, absolutely hundred percent. But I feel like if that if I, if a woman had stopped and helped him and got stabbed, it's like they get victim blame. But it'd be like, why she was stopping and helping some man at two o'clock in the morning anyway, like. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing her as like this, you know, great person that was trying to be helpful, she just be the stupid girl that got herself shot doing stupid shit. She shouldn't. She knew better than to stop on the side of the road at two in the morning. 
But yeah, it was unfortunate. Prayers to his family because that you know, twenty one. Both of them was twenty one. They both then lost their lives. Uh, Kuna going to prison and and Curtis is dead. Um, birthright citizenship as a concept. Donald Trump said that he was going to end birthright citizenship through an executive order. Now, this is the idea that if you are born on U.S. soil, that you are an American Even citizen. Even if your parents are not. Even if your parents are not. Now, the reason that this was added to the amendment. Do you know why it was added to the amendment? To what amendment? I mean, why this is in the Constitution. Mm-mm. This was for slavery. Originally... They were trying to consider slaves non-citizens because their parents weren't from here. That, and but at that point in time, a lot of children had been born through slavery. Yeah. So this was to make sure that politics and America couldn't say that because you're uh, your parents aren't citizens, you're not a, you're not a citizen here. And that's crazy because that that's what they try. It's crazy that an amendment is a was an amendment or it's just the Fourteenth Amendment. Just it's crazy that this was used to keep people from being able to use race against a group in society, but it's now being used to do the same thing, like to do the opposite, to exclude a group of people from being. And it's crazy how people can see. And, and misinterpret something to to their benefit. Of course. Uh, but Trump knew that, well, he can't change birth because it's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. The president can't change the Constitution with an executive order. Uh, I'm pretty sure he knew that. He can't change birthright citizenship for with his, an executive order. It's for his base that don't know that. Yeah, though. furthermore, Congress can't change it because it takes a long time to get an amendment added to a Constitution. And and he's just been doing this to amp up his base to make them think that he can do all this shit. He also said that he was going to give a tax break to the middle class. You know, even though they called the a fucking first tax break a tax break for the middle class and Congress is not in session. So it's not possible for him to do that before the midterm election. But do you think that if you're born in America, you should be a citizen? Because this is a dialogue to have. Because the idea is that some people come over here to have babies so that they can have a stake in in America. That's like a Republican dialogue. That's what um, Donald Trump was calling anchor babies and shit <sighs> with his bitch ass. But what do you think? Do you think that's something we need to look at or do you think that everybody born here is a, is a U.S. citizen? It should be. I mean, I don't know. Um... The thing about it is what you what that makes me think of is the fact that these kids, because they were born here, don't know shit about the place you're trying to send them back to. You know what I'm saying? Like they're born here. If they get enrolled in school and start school, they're going to probably be um, much better at English than their parents. Like, and so having them all go back or having the parents go back and the children go for the first time to somewhere that they're not from. I don't know how I feel about that um, because those kids have never set foot on Mexican soil, wherever the fuck they're, where, you know, Honduras, wherever the parents are from. 
And that's a very different life that those kids would be living. Um, shit, this is why the parents escaped where they was at. So, I mean, I don't know. This isn't one of those things that I, I get on my soapbox about. Like, this isn't a issue that gets me, like, hype, I guess. So, I don't really know. I haven't really put a lot into it. I mean, the reality is immigration is an issue. Immigration is an issue. But where my problem is, is that we not finna sit here and act like Donald Trump hadn't alluded to white immigrants being okay Mm -hmm. and brown immigrants being a problem. Yep. If we're going to attack immigration as a country, Donald Trump is not the president to do it under. I don't care what other Republican president or what other Democratic president try to figure out something about uh, immigration. The problem I have with the Republican Party is that they put they put forth no solutions. I think they're mostly interested in a mass exodus of people that are brown. Mm-hmm. Because if they really wanted to figure out, if, if their belief is that they come over here to take our jobs, if they're legal citizens, how the fuck are they getting these jobs? The corporations and employers are allowing them to work. So where's the penalties for the employers like why don't you put some regulations on them oh well we don't like regulations Mm-mm. so we going to target the people at the bottom we're not going to target the people that offer jobs because if if, if the uh, if the immigrant population that illegally came over here didn't think that they can come over here and get work they wouldn't they wouldn't come over but here. they come over here because they're going to get work yep because the corporations and employers are going to have them doing work under the table but if Republicans really wanted a solution, that's what they target. What they really want is a mass exodus of people that they don't like and people that they don't think deserve to be here. And that's what my problem with America is now, is that we have shown ourselves to the world as the world police, as the world humanitarians, as the people that you come to for help, as the people that's going to help you when you're struggling. That's what we painted ourselves as. That ain't and Donald Trump get up in here <laughs> and make it seem like, call himself a nationalist. That is a fucking dog whistle if I ain't ever heard one. Why would he use the word nationalist? Why would he say I'm a patriot? He used the word nationalist because people who are white nationalists would feel a lot more closer to that rhetoric yep. by him using that word than using any other dialogue. Which There's words that already exist that means that you are extremely devout supporter of the country that you live in. He don't got to use ones that people don't use for a reason. That's why David Duke is still the homie. So Donald Trump is just not the president to start looking at this shit to try to figure it out. In He's not. He's just not him or his entire cabinet or anybody that's around him. He's not the one. We need to attack this shit, but we got to do it at a different time. So, (laughs) 61-year-old man arrested after getting pulled over with 500 pounds of the ganja in his car. According to Missouri News, a man by the name of Ricky Martin... Not making that up. <laughs> Not living La Vida Loca. He was, well, yeah, I guess you could say that. I was driving yeah, down the caught. highway uh, where he was pulled over by police, a state trooper, then asked Ricky to search his cards, which he refused. 
That's when the state trooper called for backup in a canine unit to do a search uh, where the dog discovered approximately 514 pounds of marijuana. Needless to say, since his arrest, uh, Ricky's been hit with three felony charges. Um, I think, okay, so <laughs> I get why this is done, but I think it's so fucked up if you if you say, no, you can't search my car, they can still get the dog and bring the dog, and then if the dog finds something, there's probable cause for them to search the damn car Yeah, they anyway. gotta have probable cause, and the dog smelling drugs is probable cause. <laughs> I think that's so messed up. That's just a way to circumvent. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that you can refuse that they can't do anything about. Like, they can't search your body if you refuse that. You know, and Even if the dog sniffs some stuff and get went crazy? I mean, if they were looking for a pistol or a weapon oh, or well, something. something like, that's not sniffable. Yeah, yeah. like, it, it's, it's, it's times when you can refuse an officer doing something and there's no recourse. Substances is a recourse. <laughs> they can go get a canine unit. Yep. And them dogs are amazing at that. They dogs just have a really good sense of smell anyway. So I bet he was like, shit, when they was like, okay, well, we're gonna get the dogs. And he, he had to know and he fucked up at that point. The, the way that they the way that I, I've seen a dog's sense of smell described is that if I make some some beef stew, mm -hmm. me and you just smell stew. Yeah. A dog smells uh, the broth, the corn, the carrots, the celery, <laughs> the meat. The dog smells every single note of whatever is in there. Mm -hmm. That's how strong their nose is. So if you if you in a car, a dog gonna smell your transmission fluid, your damn oil, your every fluid in your car, and then they gonna smell whatever substance you got. They gonna smell what cologne you got on. What they can discern all of those things. My dogs go to my car. They already know which car is, but like without fail, if we walk by my car, they gonna go over there. Like they know which car is mine by smell because my car smells like me. Well, and I smell like the car from being in the. And dogs are colorblind, so if you lined up a whole bunch of cars that look like red car down the line of different hues they it'd be hard for them to tell visually what they are mm -hmm. but through their nose they'll know which one to go to they go straight to that car every time like it is so funny to me that that they're able to sniff that out the small hints of me that are on a closed car like um it's just amazing so yeah that the dog i bet he was like damn they calling the damn dog like you ain't gonna get by on that like if they call the dogs and it's some shit in your car the dog gonna smell it that's just they're really really good at that and there's probably ways to do that i mean i guess if you got uh i think you have to like uh i think you have to submerge your packs of weed in like coffee <laughs> oh yeah because it has the um yeah yeah I neutralizing think you, i think effect. you have to submerge them in coffee beans uh, probably not even coffee beans probably ground coffee beans submerge them in ground coffee beans um seal that up somehow and then put a top on that that may be how you get out of it it just depends on how strong that that canine <laughs> nose is man you might still get fucked up in the game what was this 61 year old going with 514 pounds of marijuana this is what uh clint eastwood new movie is about what movie I don't remember the name of it. It's about old people trafficking it weed. It was about. It was about. Looked like it was about Clint Eastwood um, running drugs. <laughs> His old ass. 
Yeah, he old as hell. That's why he only do movies where he be in the truck most of the time. <laughs> it just show him driving down the interstate the whole time and maybe getting out for a police. It's not much police. he can do at this point. He's old as shit. Grand Torino was good. It was racist, but it was good. I, it's just you, when I hear sixty one, I don't expect like drug runner. <laughs> that's funny. why. That's exactly. That's why a sixty one year old would do it. Well, there's a lot of sixty one year olds around here getting away with selling drugs. He got caught. Five hundred and fourteen pounds of marijuana, and marijuana itself is a hit. So that like five hundred pounds of that and five hundred pounds like crack is gonna be di- like marijuana is light. So five hundred pounds—that's a lot of marijuana. I don't know why you would try to carry that much marijuana at one time. <laughs> I don't know, but he ain't gonna see the light of day. Unless it's in the yard. Well, <laughs> On the yard. He did it to himself. He did. Uh, I wanted to follow up with Blackface by talking about Al Roker. Al Roker dressed up as Doc from Back to the Future. Um, He had on the lab coat. He had on the white hair. And people were saying that's reverse racism and Wait, white, not white face. But, I was just going to say, saying, uh, well, is it a problem that he dressed up as a white character? It First ain't off, a problem. Let me, let Sorry, me, let me tell I'm you doing that thing again. You finna <laughs> say what I, I you finna say what I'm finna say. <laughs> the problem is you painting your fucking face black. That's the problem. <laughs> yep. The problem we when we talk about costumes, we talk about blackface. When it comes to being a black person, listen, I've seen I've seen a white woman dressed up as Medea. Mm-hmm. I've seen three white dudes dressed up as the Migos. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I've seen. Uh, uh, it's two white people that do a video. It's a oh shit. I have to show it to you, but it's a video of. But it's basically a video of a black man who uh, just be making weird facial expressions and dancing with this woman, and a white couple reenacted that video. None of them wore blackface. Nope. We, you can be black people. Nobody cares about you that. You can even fucking get an Afro wig. That, yep. I mean, that's fine. But don't paint your face <laughs> black. It's a history that's tied with that. Now, along with that dialogue, there's no such thing as white face. <laughs> white face don't exist. <laughs> Somebody asked a question. On dead presidents, were they wearing white face? Oh, my God. No. They, was just wet. they just painted their face. And they used white paint to do it. And you know like what? Like moms do that. Like they moms like do. Mimes. Like Sting did. But you know what? <laughs> the problem with blackface is that it is tied to the intentional degradation of a culture. It was tied to making black people look sh- like shit. Mm-hmm. It was tied to over exaggerating the bullshit that was believed about black people at t- to the time to continue to perpetuate that. So there is no level of white. That I can wear on my face, even if I paint myself to look like the whitest white man ever, that is tied to a history that tried to make white people feel less of shit. Because people keep drink bringing up this racial draft with Dave Chappelle. They keep bringing up the skit with uh, Eddie Murphy where he dressed up like a white guy, Chris Rock. There's a lot of black people that have been make up to look like white, but they keep bringing up the Wayans brothers and white chicks. There has never been a time in history where a black man put anything on white face that indicated anything negative. Donald Let Glover t- and uh, Teddy what was it? Teddy Rupp? Uh, not Teddy Rupp. Teddy skin. Perkins. Teddy Perkins. Creepy ass. But let me tell but let me tell you something else about that shit. 
and white girls, they painted themselves white but because they would be more credible as white girls than as black fucking police officers. Yep. <laughs> Eddie Murphy specifically put that white on to indicate the advantages that you get for being white, which are acknowledged. Yep. Everybody who should Dave Chappelle, shit. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, when he dressed up as a white person, it is to show the positive sides of what white gets versus what black get. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when a black person dressed up as a white person, it ain't never, even today, in a negative context, for people to think that they can equivocate blackface and whiteface. Whiteface don't exist. So quit saying that shit. And quit saying reverse racism don't exist either. Don't say that shit. Oh my God. A lot of white people, all white people, they just get mad. That black people are calling out some shit that is a representation of reality, and they just got to have something else to say too, instead of accepting that that's just the reality. But last thing I have, and we'll go through this really quick because I'm sure we're we got like five minutes left. Well, <laughs> this is just goes to us always talking about what do white allies look like and what like it's like. So there is an image circular circulating of a white man holding this little black baby while his mom fills out an application. And this, no, she was spilling out uh, paperwork in a waiting room because they were in a doctor's office. And so she was trying to like hold the baby and fill out the paperwork. And so the white man was like, I hold him. And so he holds the baby and, you know, very nice. He didn't have to do that, you know, I, I thought it was weird that she allowed a stranger to hold her baby just off of, I mean, I don't care if he was black, white, whatever. I don't want nobody holding my baby. But outside of that, it was just a nice gesture, especially it, with it being in Alabama. <laughs> but it's, and and there were people that are like, see, you know, good white people do exist. There's, there's hope for humanity. But then other people were saying shit about, we just want to give white folks credit for every little thing they do. And why is this so great? Just because he white. And it's like, niggas, like, what do you want from these folks? <laughs> if they do something nice and this, acknowledge you mad. If they do fucked up shit, you mad. Like, what do you want from them? That was very nice. And this is an older white man. Hold this black baby, okay? This is a white man who, you, if you saw him, you would be like, do he still say nigga? Did his family have slaves? Like, he that kind of white guy. So the fact that he was, he went out of his way. He asked to hold the baby. He was like, I'll hold him for you. That's nice. But people was all upset, talking about, y'all just want to give white people credit for everything. And it's like, my God. It was a nice gesture, especially with the way that the country is right now. It was nice to see. Damn. <laughs> my God. Relax. Some black folks are just too much right now. <laughs> like. He you got know, the baby to go to sleep. He obviously still got like a parent took it. The baby went right out of sleep while he walked. Well, you know, it's a campaign out where they is a group of black people that just don't want to acknowledge that something a white person do they should get credit for. And I do understand that in some contexts, but I mean, damn, everything a white person do regarding black people ain't for attention. It ain't for no fucking cookie credit black people points. He know nobody was gonna take that damn picture. In the picture, he don't. He not even aware 
that the picture's being taken. Because neither one of the people involved in this story took this picture. Somebody that was also in this waiting room who saw the shit took the picture and posted it. So they probably into this shit went viral. Had no, he probably still don't know because he old and he don't look like he pay keep up with that kind of shit. He didn't do this for no no acknowledgement or anything. He just did it to be nice. Because if we didn't have live in this world of social media, wouldn't nobody even fucking know he did this shit. He didn't do this for that. He did it to be nice. Yeah. But people, like, in the comments, uh, you can see the picture of, on Shade Room if you want to go. But, like, the comments, it, and there is people who are like, oh, this is very sweet. But then you got people like white people get so much praise for showing basic human decency to black people. The world we live in. I mean, it just y'all love when white folks do something nice for black folks, huh? In the in the climate of our society where you got so many white people that on the complete opposite end of the spectrum is shitting on black people just because they can and they got a phone and they can call the police. I mean, sometimes it's still good to see some of that humility. Sometimes it's good to see somebody that's willing to not acknowledge that shit and to just be who they're going to be. It's a lot of white people that can avoid interaction with black people because that shit going on. Mm -hmm. Like, at a certain point, you have to encourage that behavior to white people so that they feel positive. If a motherfucker know they're going to get roasted online by black people by doing something for or with black people, then that's going to encourage them to not do shit with black people, not to do shit with black people and i'm not saying that we need to be one white people to do shit with black people um but, but just I do acknowledge think, it nice but things. i do I, I i think what i think what those people be talking about is when a, a white person do a, a cool dance because they got some dance move and they be like she invited to the cookout or he invited to the cookout like i understand it for that shit like little mediocre shit that somebody just yeah do that black people can somewhat identify with uh no, they don't they don't deserve an opportunity to come to the cookout. But like just to be critical of somebody who may just be doing a good deed for the fuck of it, to come out and uh, uh and make that shit seem crazy. Like I had a friend one time, uh, after I posted a picture of my V eight juice, mm-hmm. you know, that I was drinking, attempting to, you know, drink something better than what I was drinking, said, All of that salt in that V eight, that's not healthy. And I was like, you can't acknowledge that I would be drinking some sugared up ass Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, you can't show that I'm just, I, why can't you give me credit for this something better than what it would be? You know what I'm saying? Like, give a motherfucker credit for what it would be. That motherfucker could be calling the police on the motherfucker. Or he could have been sitting in there with an attitude like, she needs to shut that damn baby up because the baby was whining because the baby was, like, he could have had a very negative, and mo- let me tell you something, because I, I have to go to a gynecologist and it's a lot of pregnant women or women who got uh that already had kids and little kids be, and i have an attitude okay i i'm never <laughs> what he did i would not do i get annoyed i'm like the fuck is this baby crying because <laughs> i don't have any kids so i'm sure i'm gonna get all that back in karma <laughs> when i do have a kid but the fact that instead of him looking at this situation and being annoyed he saw it as a way for him to help he was he saw his mom struggling to try to do two things at once and he decided to hold his fucking baby to be nice he could have had a whole nother and if he had had a whole nother response and had an attitude and went up to the to the counter and was like y'all need to have her take that baby outside of y'all been ready to talk about his ass but mm-hmm. he rocking the baby to sleep and calming the baby to give her time to do what she need to do. You don't want to give him credit for that. It was a nice deed. Fuck. Let him be nice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is what it is. But it's like you, 
how are we going to tell white people how to be allies when we don't even know what the fuck we want out of them? Well, some black people just don't believe that a white ally exists. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't believe it's possible for a white person to be an ally. I mean, but I do think it's important to discern the difference between an ally and not, we can't just say white people is white people. That's why I brought up the term alt-white people versus white people. Yeah. Because it, it is important to discern people who are adamant about not changing, who could change, who trying to change, who have changed but not enough, and who's on a journey to change, and people who don't change as much as they can. But I do believe that people that have changed as much as they can still have limitation and caps. The way that I look at my allyship, whether it's an ally for women or other brown communities or anything, I'm going to be a nameless, uh, silent, uh, voiceless, shadow figure standing behind their progress. Yeah. I don't expect to have shit from it. I don't expect to be acknowledged. And I ex- fully expect for some people in those groups to not trust my motives. I don't expect women to trust me because I tell them I'm an ally. I'm still a man. I still have limitations. And even in the most deep version of allyship that I can have for them, I have limitations and caps because I'm conditioned to look at women in a certain type of way, even though I'm trying to travel away from it. You know, and so it's still going to be limitations, but it's important to discern those differences bottom line but you know it is what it is well, that was all i had that's all i got uh-huh. well, i always got more but we don't got time for more <laughs> so but uh if you don't have anything else on your mind then um i guess we'll what do i be saying again until we con the next conversation. until we con the next conversation we out holla <laughs>